the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the KFAX Ministry of the Week Sunday Message. The Bay Area has a rich diversity of churches and ministries that serve the community in Jesus' name. And here at KFAX, we love to shine a spotlight onto the great things God is doing through the kingdom work of pastors and ministry leaders. We feature a sermon or presentation from that leader to get you better acquainted with churches who will welcome you to worship, and ministry opportunities that invite your involvement. Welcome to the KFAX Ministry of the Week Sunday Message. Today we are very pleased to have Pastor Duke Tabor. He is a recognized Christian author, journalist, church planter, and vineyard pastor. He's been a pastor for over 20 years and has planted a number of churches throughout the western United States, including in Oregon, Nevada, and Wyoming. Duke is a regular contributor to a number of Christian publications and is a featured syndicated blogger at the Christian Post and Believe.com. He has authored a number of books available on Amazon and Nook bookstores and can be read at Tabor's Truths. Duke is also the founder of a Christian social network called Christian Faithbook. More info can be found at his website, Tabor'sTruths.com, and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tabor's Truths. And now today's sermon, Build into a Temple by Pastor Duke Tabor on the AM 1100 KFAX Ministry of the Week Sunday message. You don't have to turn off your cell phone. In fact, we ask that you leave it on, but put it on vibrate. During the message, if you have a question, just text the number up there. It will... I better put mine on vibrate. Otherwise, it's going to make a chirping sound. It's going to... You, you will be texting me, and at the end of the message, I will answer your questions. Something we do that's a little different in order to make things more interactive. Our purpose is not to have a great man of power for the hour. Our purpose is to teach people the principles of God's kingdom. Second of all, if you just you don't like staring at the screen, but you do like to kind of follow along, you can also follow along on your uh, smartphones or tablets. Just go to godshack.com forward slash sermons. The sermon you will see at the top is called Being Built into a Temple. Just click on that link and you can pull up the PowerPoint for yourself on our website. This morning, well, actually this last few weeks, we've been talking about what God is doing in us and through us and amongst us. We've been in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. And my wife talked about how we are alive in Christ. And I talked about how we are unified in Christ, and that even means racial unity. It means unity with one another, and it means peace with God. It means having peace all the way around. Now we're coming to the end of this chapter, and we are going to see that 
God's whole purpose for why He is doing that. And His purpose is, is that He's transforming us into something, both individually and as a community. And the reason I brought you all together is because when you're all spread out, you feel separated. You feel it's just you. When you're together, what does it feel like? A crowd. A what? A family. A community. A group of people. So, we're going to start this morning about talking about how God sometimes does things that are not always comfortable in our lives to chisel us and prepare us. So go ahead and play the video, Lech. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, His masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a, a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, <laughs> but I want to be His masterpiece. I want to be everything He created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, Dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your Son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer. That's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what? I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do. It's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh. Why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh. Okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. Well, gave it away. You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm going to make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Wait, wait. What are these about? These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up. Here we go. Okay. Oh, hey, God. Mm-hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running. I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward. But I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe... Four to five, maybe eight lines right here. That would be awesome. You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel? No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, you compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. 
you're lazy, but you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Well, time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. <sighs> Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends, and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um... It's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Um, allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not oh, my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning... I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah. But you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um... I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay. Chisel away.
just just be prepared for what you're going to find in there. Because I know who's inside there. Because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and I hate who I see. Because deep inside there, this 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 little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult. And I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not for me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just went, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on. It's, it's a name. It's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying. It's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello. Oh yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, and read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say? that you love me even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times did I hear you say you want to use me and I feel so useless if you'll take me and use me then God I give you all that I am take me I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you. But maybe for the first time in your life the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece.
Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. <laughs> Turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians 2. Let's start with verse 19. It says, So now you Gentiles, that's us, except for a few Jewish people we have within our congregation, you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You're no longer outsiders, can I put it that way? You are citizens, along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. Together, we are His house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus Himself. Now, we watch the skit guys and they do some awesome stuff. We watch them talk about how God deals with us individually. How He chisels on us. And that we're a masterpiece. And we have been created to be a masterpiece. And that you're good. We just watch that. And how it all relates individually. But I want you to understand something. When Paul is writing here, it has dual application. Everybody understand what I mean by dual application? It applies to us individually, but it also applies to us as a community. Turn to the person on yourself and say, there's no I in we. And turn to the person on your right and say, there's no I in you. <laughs> You see, he's talking also about community, not just individual individuality. Yes, God chisels on us, and there's a reason why he chisels on us individually. But it's also about community. He said, you Gentiles. You see, individually, we are a citizen. Community, we are citizens. I made a plural on both. Individually, we are part of a family. We're one member of that family. But as a community, we are a family. And individually, we are His home. He lives on the inside of us. But as a community, folks, look around at one another. As a community... He lives and resides within us. Now, at times, we struggle with that. We have a hard enough time believing that God will live on it inside of us. We kind of, okay, church is done. You know, God gets parked back in his closet and the door's locked and we go on our business. 
right? I mean, let's be honest. So it's hard enough for us to believe that God wants to reside on the inside of us everywhere we go and does. But it's even harder to believe that God resides amongst this group of people, crazy people that meet every Sunday in San Carlos that have gone through some pretty tough things. It's hard to believe sometimes that God resides in there. But He does, and that's what He wants to do with us. That is what He is attempting to accomplish, and that is what He is accomplishing within us. (coughs) Excuse me. I remember when I first came here, How do I put this? I don't want to be... You guys did an awesome job holding things together. I'm not putting any of that down. And those of you that rose up in leadership to take it on to help, it did great. But I also know there was struggles with direction. Are we even going to survive? When's this going to be over? There were all those questions. And what's God been doing I look at Lori and Lisa and I look at them and how they have stepped up into leadership and have started mentoring and raising up the women. I look at Randy Bennett. Yeah. Crazy Randy back there. I do too. And how he has taken over leadership of the hospitality and done an awesome job. You know, our change in format actually put the biggest burden on the hospitality team. Because no longer did they just have to provide some coffee and donuts out in the sanctuary or out in the foyer right before service. Now they had to plan a cafe before and a cafe after service and take that upon And they were awesome servants. I didn't hear one complaint. Just, where do we serve? How do we serve? God is fitting together His masterpiece called the Vineyard Church here at Nathanson. He is putting it together. Let me catch up with my notes. I just went off past my notes. Let's continue reading. Verse 21. We are carefully joined together in Him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through Him, you Gentiles are also being made part of this dwelling where God lives by His Spirit. We are being carefully joined together. Now, I almost put in another video, but I thought, man, if I do that, I'll have no time to speak whatsoever. But I watched this video of the Amish people raising a barn. 
Have you ever seen anything like that? It is really cool because they don't use prefab stuff. They don't even use nails. They chisel and saw and they drill holes by hand and it all gets fit together and they fit each piece together and a bunch of them get together and it all comes and the building is built and it's all fit together. That is what God is doing with us. And he uses some less than modern ways of doing it, shall we say. He uses that chisel. And he uses that hammer. And he uses things that work on stuff that we really would rather ignore. Individually? Let me ask you this. If you are meant to be a peg, and he starts hammering you into where you're supposed to fit to be the glue to hold it together. Is that hammering going to hurt a little bit? Is it going to rub you just a little bit? Think about if you were that peg being squeezed into that hole. What would that feel like? Be a little tough, wouldn't it? What if you are being shaped... In, to be one of the pieces that joins together at the roof, that angle there. What if that angle's being made? How do they make that angle? Stuff is being shaved off, planed off. And if that's you, ouch! I, I'm not sure I want to be that pointy piece up there. Can't I be something that I don't have to change? Not if you're going to be fitted. He chisels it off. You see, he does it for us, but he also does it for us. He does it for us individually, but he also does it for us as a community. And we're changed. I am changed because of my association with you. I've never done it where the preaching happens before most of the music. But I believe that that's going to attract, and it has attracted younger people. It has changed us. I'm changed because, to be very honest, I don't just you know eat exactly everything I used to eat. You guys have different dietary taboos. I had, I still get, I still get razzed and they don't, I'm not even sure if they know they're razzing me, but the first time I met with some of the pastors with Alex and some of the others, I had breakfast with them. Well, I just had chicken fried steak and eggs over, you know, I had a big plate of breakfast. Gravy, biscuits, you know. And now they razz me about heart conditions. So I don't eat that in front of them anymore. I don't want to be razzed. I'll still eat it at home. I'll eat it in front of certain others. <laughs> Changed. Changed. He is here to change us, and He is changing us. 
We're joined together. Individually, we are His temple. Every single one of you are the temple of the living God. He resides within you. When you asked Jesus to be your Savior and Lord, He moved in. So you are His temple. As a community, we are His temple. And we are being built. Now, it's not a temple made with bricks and stones and wood and ornaments. It's a temple of people. We are His dwelling. You see, dwelling gives a different picture than temple, doesn't it? When you go to a temple or you go to a cathedral or you go to a big church building, it's kind of formal, isn't it? Very regal and very distant. But where do you dwell? At home. In a house. You dwell in a place that's comfortable and intimate. We are becoming His dwelling. We are His dwelling. Not just this lofty thing, but this intimate thing. His home. You see, I remember a long time ago an analogy that I don't remember which preacher gave. But it was the analogy of somebody, uh, uh, your heart being a home. And you might invite Jesus into the front door and if you had your living room clean, might let him come in there. But what about the closets? The bedrooms? In the bathroom. You let Jesus come in there because he wants to make your entire heart his home. We are his dwelling. As a community, we are his dwelling. You know why it's so important for us to come together? When we come together where two or three or more are gathered in his name, he is in our midst. The more, I, I just believe this, the more the more people that come, the more people that are gathering together in unity as a body of believers who have committed to one another, the more that power and that presence is compounded. I know there's no scripture to back that up, but I just believe it. As we come together, in unity. Yes, He's with us all. And God is omnipotent. And God, you know, there's nothing that limits God. But there is still something about the gathering together of believers that magnifies, intensifies where two or more are gathered. That is a biblical principle. And He is making His dwelling with us. So why are we together? Why do we exist? To be His masterpiece. Because He's creating something good. 
I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, this community is good. You, I'm not sure about, but this community, no, I'm just teasing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just teasing. (laughs) He is building us into a good community. Now, folks, right now, I love what I see right here. I love what I see right here. You know why? Everybody's together. Now, I am believing, and I'm asking you to believe with me, that what, hap- what, is, what we see right here, pretty soon it'll be right here and right here. And then pretty soon it'll be right here, right here, and right here. I believe he's going to do it because it's not us that does it. It's him. And he is building us into his temple. Now, we've been rebuilt a little bit, haven't we? Some of you came when it was a different looking temple. Some of you have came since. But he is rebuilding this temple into a masterpiece once again. Will you agree with me on that? Even so, Lord, do it now. So, I don't know if any of you have any questions, but now it's question and answer time. If you have a question, text it to me at 307-689-8326. Yes, that's a Wyoming number, but if you have a cell phone, it doesn't cost you anything anyways. And I never bothered to switch my phone number. And if you have a question and you don't have a cell phone, feel, feel free to ask. Randy will come around with a microphone. Or do you have a question? Okay. He'll come around. Okay. You guys are not text monsters? Okay. One second. It helps us out. Yes, I'm I'm making you do that because we are video casting. We are video casting so they can hear you. Did you want us to sit like this in this section every week? I'm not going to force you to do it, but I would love it if you did. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Because <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean to anybody or anything else. I just want you to have a sense of community and really actually interact with one another instead of just being all out and isolated. Yes. Anybody else? <coughs> Any other questions? Yes. Wait. Just hang on one second. He's running. Old guy. This is not about the content of the um, sermon, but is the video going to be on the web? Actually, that's uh, copyrighted material, but you can find it on YouTube under God's Chisel. 
Anybody else? So when he was talking in the video about doing things in front of people and trying to please them, uh-huh. it's a tough thing to go between that and you trying to lovingly talk to God's creation, even though they may not be believers yet, mm-hmm. in, in a way that you don't offend them, but you still don't hold back what's wrong. <laughs> exactly. So, it, there, there is a fine balance between being obnoxious and being lovingly concerned and expressing it to them in natural ways. Uh, we don't want to be ashamed of our faith. We don't want to uh, hide our Christianity and let pe- you know try and deceive people about who we are. We don't want to do that. At the same time, we don't want to be obnoxious and be these religious jerks that says, you know, holds up signs saying God hates bags or whatever. Turn or burn. We don't want to be that. So we need to just lovingly tell them, show them, communicate with them as we would anybody else, nice and natural at the opportune times and there are opportune times somebody's going through something hard now's the time to say you know i'm not sure i'm not sure uh your beliefs on this and i'm not trying to be pushy but i'm going to pray for you because i believe god will change this in your life and you can do it with a smile and they will accept it because you're not being pushy and you haven't been one of those obnoxious people. That answer your question, Bert? Yes. God is gracious. So if we express that, it will be received. I got one from you. And I'm not sure what you're trying to ask or communicate. You ain't nothing but it. No. <laughs> um, you know... Out of nowhere, my wife sent me a text of both big, bold letters. You know, she, I know she's home praying and stuff, and she sent um, family. Okay. Big, bold letters. And that's what I was feeling and seeing here today. And I just thought that, that kind of like God speaking and saying, you know, now because I've been, I've been out sick for a while, and uh, now the doctors figured out what's going on with me. Like, things are getting better, but I, I feel like, and on my way here, I told the kids, you know, they're talking about other churches, you know, the, there's other churches that they've been to, like Jubilee, the big ones and stuff. And, and I explained to them about our church is small and it's family, mm-hmm. you know. And I was explaining that on the way here to them, and, and they totally get it, you know. And um, I just thought it was just the way God's speaking. Exactly. And also when you were talking about how when the um, – Pretty soon, this is going to be over there and over there and over there. I got, I don't know, I got a sense that in one year. Okay. So. We'll receive that. Yeah. We'll receive that. Family. We are his family. All right, folks, you know, I've had enough experience with family to know family is messy. Is it not? 
Every family is messy. Why do we expect God's family to not be? It's messy. But you know something? There's nothing like it. There's nothing like that. You know, I went through a time in my life where even friends abandoned me by droves. But you know who didn't abandon me? My mom. My mom stuck by me. Family. We are being built into his family. Into his family. All of us. And yeah, it's painful, and yeah, it's messy, and at times it, 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 let's be honest, it sucks. But then it's glorious. Then it's awesome. So, here's the questions to ask yourself as we respond. Let me make sure I don't have it, another text here real quick. I had it turned off, so I can't hear it. Nope, that's it. Questions in our response. We're going to go back into worship. We're going to go back into seeking His face. Is it time to stop avoiding the pain and allow God to work on me? You've been listening to Pastor Duke Tabor on the KFAX Ministry of the Week Sunday Message. His sermon, Build into a Temple. Find out more about our speaker today on their website, TaborsTruths.com, or at our website, KFAX.com, where you can also find links to podcasts of this program. I'm Mike Matthews. Join us again next week for the Ministry of the Week Sunday Message on AM 1100 KFAX. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.